everybody. Welcome to On The Line. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, and we're back for another episode of On The Line featuring high school cross-country conversation. I'm Corey Mull here with Olivia Ekbenay. Mm -hmm. And on today's show, we'll dive into three big things we saw over the cross-country action uh, this past weekend. The most important results of the weekend. Cameron Todd's title hopes. I don't know. They're, they're rising here. We sign off on our national championship picks and possibly some future bets on some athletes, and then we'll finish off the conversation with the Clovis Invitational, which gets going this weekend at Woodward Park. Uh, if you are a returning listener, shout out to you. Thank you for listening. Uh, always great. If you're listening for the first time, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, but let's get into it. Three yes. big things from the weekend. Uh, first up, Niwot Girls at Desert Yes, I think the best way to describe this, and Bobby Reyes did a fantastic job of kind of alluding to this, it's a hole-in-one, <laughs> especially when it comes to the Niwot girls. 15 points to win that title, and they were led by the sophomore Addison Ritzenhain, who has just been on a whole nother tier this year, Corey. 16.44 for 5K, which is the sixth fastest time completed on this course within the last decade. And of course, we have the veteran Mia Prock, who is also in that mix, finished second with a 1731. And another sophomore kind of added herself into that as well, Avalon Beltran with a 1738. So when you look at this team as a whole, right, like going into the season, we had Niwad as like one of the top teams, potentially the NXN champion is what mm -hmm. we kind of predicted in the beginning of the season. The fact that they came out with 15 points against on a really great course and had a finish of 1731 average, just really, I think, elevated themselves even yep. more to a different tier that we've been kind of waiting for, I guess you can say, as the season kind of unfolded a little bit more. The 15s you see typically at low scale meets, uh, yeah. you know, whether it's, you know, regionals, district, um, maybe even smaller scale invitationals, but at big invitationals, 15s or a rarity. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you there. It was very, very impressive that they put down a 15 uh, at a meet like Desert Twilight. Course obviously is different. It's not the same. So right. it's sixth fastest in meet history. Um, it's still a fast course though because Desert Twilight, regardless of wherever it's at, they're always trying to put together a pretty good, um, you know, XC 5K that, you know, guys and girls can just roll out on. So um, really, really impressive here. The thing that I take away from Niwot is that, you know, it's one thing to score 15 and to run together as a pack. Like, you have a strategy where you're going out, and this is how we're going to accomplish it. Right. But really, 69 seconds spread between one through five, that's not, not necessarily, like, pack running. That's all their runners running, executing individually, and still getting 15, mm -hmm. which I think is even more impressive, the fact that they are that far out there. Niwot is... In my opinion, the number one team after this. Woodbridge result was great for Air Academy. Now it comes in here, makes a statement. I think that was a pretty big one here at, at Desert Twilight. Do you think things will change? Who's the best team in Colorado? Who's the best team oh, in Colorado? Oh, gosh. Right after this performance, I have to go with Niwot. I think, you know, the mile split 50 rankings went out last week before Niwot hit the course. So, obviously, with Air Academy's big performance at Woodridge, Woodbridge really just put them up there. But now... After this strong performance at Desert Twilight, it's kind of hard to like yeah. not put Niwot at number one. Just I do, based off this past weekend. It is close because both of those performances are pretty comparative where they ran at. Yeah. Let's get them at a, at a pretty decent course at elevation with hills, with all kinds of obstacles in their way. And yeah. let's see who comes out on top. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it won't because 
4A, 5A, yeah. they're going to race different races at the state championship level. But, you know, by regional level, we will see these two teams go at it, and that's going to be a sight to see. Yes. Our second standpoint here now is, is Bell and Jesuit, the boys at FSU Pre-State, a really, really dominating run here at, at the uh, Appalachian Regional Park in Tallahassee. What did you take away from their performance? Well, I thought it was just super spectacular just knowing how these talented individuals lined up. Like, the fact that they had their top, like, athletes within the top 20 in that race really just spoke volumes. This is, when we think of the FSU pre-state meet, right, take the title, take the name of the meet, it's pre-state. Like, you're getting a glimpse of what these athletes are going to do based off where they are right now and potentially how the state meet can unfold. And the fact that Bell and Jesuit put it together, led by Joshua Ruiz, who like battled it out for the beginning part of that race against Patrick Kuhn, who is the defending champion at this meet, won it three times in a row, and he had the fastest time in the in the state. And so he came up second to Patrick Kuhn, and they scored, uh, they finished second, fourth, eighth, ninth, fifteenth, total of 38 points, 15, 26 team average, 54 second split. Like, I don't think it gets better than that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. blazing fast. The athletes are right there together and working together. Yeah, Bella right now ranked fourth in our national rankings. Um, and they're there for a reason. This was a pretty good indication as to why. Um, and the win was dominant. I don't think that was so surprising. Bellin's won six straight state titles in Florida. They qualified mm-hmm. for NXN for the second time in program history last year. They were going to be good. And this was another example of that. What I found really, really fascinating is that beyond the five runners, you go to 10, and those 10 finishers at the championship level were all under 17 minutes. Yes, that's huge. You go to yeah. th- three other runners, and the select race were all under 17 minutes. Yeah. That is a culture at Bell and Jesuit that is permeating there, yeah. that is creating all that success. You go to a lot of cross-country teams across the nation, you'll find it pretty hard to get two guys or three guys under 17 minutes. The elite teams have them, but even saying that, the elite teams through five to eight probably have really good runners, but not all of them can get to 10. Not all of them can get to 13 and yeah. put all those guys uh, in the hunt, and that just means Bellin's really competitive. Yeah, Those five, six, seven guys really have to be fighting for their spots because you know the next guys are obviously up, and that's what's making them so good. They, they have this system, they have this culture, and it's props to Bell Jesuit, Frankie Je- uh, Ruiz, that leads the team. They're going to be good this year. The only question in my head now is, at the regional level, can they get to NXN again, and how will they do it at NXN? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I think just, like I said, we just saw a glimpse of what they're capable of doing against really stiff competition, especially in the state. Now, we need to take it that step further, like you said, going to the regional main. I feel like they're in a great spot right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I still feel like it's still a little bit early, even though it's the first week of October. Like, we still have a little bit of time to, like, get those, you know, the, the rest of the pack together and really working together as a team just in time for regional. So I'm not yeah. cutting them out. I yeah. think they're right there. I, if I'm not mistaken, the one thing that inhibits them um, is that they're from the state championship to the regional, it's usually within days. So they yeah. do not have a lot of recovery. Right. Those southeastern teams looking to, to, to make their mark to, to really, you know, just transition to the next race. So that's what's inhibited them over the last couple of years. But they got past that last year, mm-hmm. and we'll see if they can do it again. Yeah. Third, I, I'm excited for this third one. Yes. Deer Creek over Bentonville at Chili Pepper. How do you feel about that? I feel great about it. <laughs> 
Um, and I'm sure they do too. Yeah. Uh, Deer Creek out of Oklahoma, giving a shout out to Oklahoma teams that don't get a lot of coverage across the year. They're really, really good this year. Yes. Um, they have beaten uh, some Texas teams at you know invitationals to begin the season. This one was a big one because they were going up against ranked Bentonville of Arkansas. Arkansas had won the last six state titles, and they were good on their own. Yeah. A win here really, really reaffirms what we believed about Deer Creek, which are they are one of the best teams in the South region um last time they won a state title 2021 going for it again now where do we go from here that is the biggest question where do we go from here what did you think about deer creek well my thoughts that i have written down here is this is a strong team that should not be overlooked and i feel like it's somewhat maybe a team that's been overlooked a little bit this season mm -hmm. um just because you know we don't really get some of those fast distance runners from oklahoma but they're like they're shaking all of that stuff up in the states. And the fact that they scored 113 points, got all their top five runners in the top 50. Um, and like you mentioned, taking down Bentonville, which has been a powerhouse, it, it speaks volumes now. And I think moving forward, it's just going to, I feel like, boost their confidence a little bit more. Like, hey, we're able to be dominant in this South region. I think, like, your question was, where do we go from here? Like, yes, we look at states, but let's take it next further. And nationals like are we able to qualify as a team to get there so i feel like that should be now a question that deer creek can respond to yeah when i did the story on them earlier uh this year a couple weeks back they were very hesitant to really go get ahead of themselves because mm -hmm. they know each day is different each week is different things can change in our feet and, and that's true um but i agree that at this point this is a very big one this is one of their best wins yes not state championship level that they've yeah ever had so um there is a lot of confidence they should be looking up and, and seeing what they can do i will say uh at the woodlands they're gonna need the race of their lives to, to qualify uh, i think it's gonna be really hard yeah all absolutely. that all that being said i mean texas teams are good this year yes, too they're so, very strong race of their lives but are they capable i think so probably yes i think after this performance i i feel like they can definitely you know be in the mix a little bit yeah yeah uh, all these Texas teams are now on alert of Deer Creek. All right, what was the most important result from the weekend in your eyes? Oh, in my eyes. This was a really great matchup. I've been kind of waiting for this moment to see South Lake Carroll race against Flower Mound head-to-head, -head, and we were able to see that over this weekend. And it kind of helped me to paint a picture of like how the state meet potentially could unfold. I know Nicole Humphreys was not in this mix. However, South Lake Carroll just put it together um, over the weekend, scoring 85 points to 92 points over uh, the Jaguars. And the Dragons finished with an 1831 average, had all their top scorers in the top 28, led by Elizabeth Smiths. And, you know, 10, 12, 20th, 24th, 28th, just great performances there. And we can see Samantha and Alexandra, who were leading Flower Mound on your screen right now. And they did great i think running together i know one of the questions that we kept asking ourselves was how is the top three going to kind of shape up and right mm -hmm. now it's samantha and alexandra definitely pushing themselves a little bit more into that first and second position samantha humphreys won the title with a 17 13. nicole like i mentioned is still out but i felt like alexandra did a great job of just like submitting herself in there into mm. the mix a little bit more and of course madison peters who we cannot forget about from Pearland high school finished second there with a 1726 fox was third 1728 and i think what's even most impressive besides south lake carroll 
kind of pushing themselves a little bit more to beat Flower Mound is we had five girls finish in sub 18 minutes. So that was super spectacular. So great performances from all the individuals there. If Nicole is out this season for Flower Mound, yeah. who's, who's the top team in 6A in your mind? I feel like we have to go South Lake Carroll, um, especially just seeing what they were able to accomplish this weekend. It's just going to be hard for Flower Mound, I think, to find that third runner because that was the biggest question going into the season is, we have the top three, who's going to kind of push the back yeah. end a little bit more. But now when, without Nicole Humphreys yeah. in the mix, it's just more of a dent for them. But, you know, Flower Mound put out a great show despite Nicole not being there. But right now I think South Lake Carroll has that strong, yeah. strong five right now. Still seven, so yeah. anything can happen there. Yes. Um, hopefully Nicole comes back, runs this season, mm -hmm. and their back to form is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Carmel's boys, in my eyes, uh, great, great result on the boys' side at Nike Twilight. Picked up a huge win there. You know, this is a team that eked by Zionsville <laughs> last year at the state. Eked by. Eked by. Eked by uh, Zionsville at the state championships last year by about three points. They were a good team. They did not make NXN last year, but they did have the overall national champion of Foot Locker, uh, Cole Matisson. You know, this team had to respond, had to integrate four new runners into the lineup this year. So it wasn't given that they would be the best team in Indiana. There was a lot of good teams in Indiana really fighting for that. This meet here, I think Carmel um, re-implanted their sort of dominance on, on the scene there in Terre Haute, and I think they are the favorite going into the state championship season uh, there. You know, and you got to give them props, just making a little bit of a transition from that team last year that was high upperclassmen's. They have a lot of upperclassmen last year that didn't, might not necessarily have gotten the had gotten the opportunity, but now they're they're doing wonders with it. They won this meet by 47 points, and they only had two runners in the top 15. Uh, so that shows you really the depth at the three, four, five spots that allowed them to win with under I believe 100 points. So Carmel definitely has strength there, and this was a championship style race with a lot of quality uh, contestants. So I think it was a good win and. And it gives a maybe good impression moving forward for this team, which, you know, every year it's Carmel there. Yeah. State championships, regionals. We'll see what will happen at the next level. Next topic here. Cameron Todd. Yes. Brebroff Jesuit won Nike Twilight yes. uh, this past weekend. Under 15 minutes. Uh, very good race. Is he now a national title contender? That's a great question. Here's my view on all this. And I'm assuming he's going to go to Foot Locker. That's where he ran last year, too. I feel like he can definitely put himself in the mix. I wouldn't necessarily say he's the heavy favorite. Contender. Yes, heavy favorite. But he is definitely a contender. He's, he's going to wait, be... Wait, wait. He's not a favorite as a contender? No, he's just not a favorite to favorite win. to win right now. When you look at the top athletes, like just looking at the top results from last year, you had Drew Griffith in the mix, who's having a phenomenal season this year. You have Hemeyer in there as well, Ryan Pajak, who's been doing great. All of them have been running well. I feel like, yes, Cameron Todd is a contender. He's going to be in the mix. Um, I think moving forward, it's just continuing to attack those cross-country courses. And like you said, he led five boys to sub-15 minutes for 5K, and they were all within 11 seconds of each other. So this wasn't like... A completely blown out race like there were definitely guys in that mix as well 
But what I can take away from it is he can finish strong. That is for sure. If he is in striking distance, he is someone that could all of a sudden spur in the moment, be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take a move and I'm going <laughs> to make my move when you least expect it. Um, and clocked to 14.48. So I think he's definitely a top contender as of right now, October 3rd, 2023. Okay. <laughs> How about for you? What, when did we think Cole Matisson was a contender last year? When do you think? Oh, I don't know. I feel... Yeah, look back. Yeah, I have to look back. Well, I'll let you know. I, I think it was that Nike Twilight. You think so? He was a, a athlete who had gained steam winning races. And he put down a 14.51 on this course at yeah. night last year. Kind of probably put him at the spotlight at that point. Yeah, I can see that. And then went ahead to win states. You know who yeah. ran three seconds faster than that performance last year? Cameron Todd. There we go. Cameron Todd, much like Matheson, I think, uh, is a little undervalued at this point. Mm -hmm. A little underrated comparatively. But when we look at the landscape of boys runners, I don't think there's a lot of purely dominant national title contenders other than Daniel Simmons. Mm -hmm. I think everyone else outside of him that are rising into the ranks have an argument to be made. And I think Cameron Todd, I had been looking and trying to feel him out a little bit and seeing how he performed. I think this was his moment to make a huge statement. Second time under 15, as you, as you said, he's, he's picked up quality wins. Uh, at Brown Eagle, he beat Will Conway. Uh, at Flash Rock, he beat Anthony Provenzano of Carmel. Um, you know, there was another race in between, but I think he was just running for his teammates. Here, this was his big moment to, to kind of cement himself as a guy to watch uh, at that national level. And because he's the top returner at Foot Locker, from Foot Locker last year, I think you got to think of him as a possible favorite, maybe maybe favorite-ish uh, in a race like that. Yeah. Ten champions uh, out of the Midwest since 2007 at Foot Locker Nationals. Five straight Midwest winners there. So I got to think that Midwest, a Midwest guy like Todd's possibly going to go for it down the line. Yeah. And Simmons, for me, is like the only guy you could put ahead of him at this point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you agree? Any, you're kind of mixed. You're like, no, not really. I'm kind of. You're just of, not sold yet? How are you not sold? You convinced me a little bit more. Okay. A little bit more going into the show. Yeah, like Daniel Simmons is, as Ashley mentioned on our show a couple weeks ago, that she's like, Daniel Simmons has not done anything to show me that he is not the person for a title right now. Of course, I know Clay is another individual, Clay mm -hmm. Shively from Kansas, um, is someone I, I've picked that I'm like, okay, look out for this guy. Don't underestimate him. He's still there. Mm -hmm. So like I said, there's just a lot of names popping mm -hmm. up right popping now. Up. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. He's a name. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next up, 11 girls have currently broken the 17 minutes for 5K across the country. Which girl who's run sub-17 sub has the possible opportunity to finish top five at nationals or maybe even win? Not named Rachel Forsyth <laughs> or Elizabeth Leachman or Ellie Shea. Okay. Who do we got? All right. I mentioned her earlier on the show. I really feel like Addison Ritzenhein from Niwa just after this weekend, like she's been kind of building up toward this. We've been seeing these top marks. I'm like, okay, Addison is really trucking away here. Um, and if she's not on your radar, she definitely needs to be because she's just been undefeated this season. Came away with a win of 1644, like we talked about earlier at Desert Twilight and led Niwa to a perfect score. So I feel like 
when you're in that position, when your team is doing so well, potentially the number one pick to win a title, and you already have the number, you're the number one girl on your team right now, like you're just going to go all in. And I feel like with Niwat, with the success that they're having at this moment, it's just going to even boost Addison's confidence to take it even a step further than where she already is at. But alongside of that, I have Abby Faith Cheeseman. <laughs> this girl from the Web School debuted her junior season with the 1627 for 5K. And Corey, when I saw that, I had to like dive into the results again. I was like, there's no way that like Cheeseman is very, very talented. Do not get me wrong. But the fact that we're seeing an opener with a 627, I had to I had to do a double take and make sure I saw this right. And the crazy thing about it is, like, Cheeseman had a two-minute cushion mm -hmm. on the rest of the field. So that was pretty much Abby Faith just kind of out there moving moving and running, which is the number two all-time in Tennessee history right behind uh, Jenna Hutchins, who went 15.58 um, back at running lane. So I feel like Ritz and High and Cheeseman are definitely two young talents that you got to keep your eyes out for. We love the cheese. We're yes. big fans of the cheese. We're big fans here. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with those picks. I think they're top five mm -hmm. wherever they, they end up going. Um, I got Emily Wisniewski out of Crescent I like Valley, that pick. Yeah. Oregon. Um, you know, she's kind of a secret in some ways. I mean, she's won a lot of meets already this season. Got to NXN last year. So she's building and building, kind of putting down the Lego blocks each, each week. Um, she blocked a 1633 at the Nike Twilight Invite in Washington this past week. That's a big, big PR for her and the fourth fastest time in the country right now. I can confidently say I believe that she's a top 10 athlete. Now, is she top five at nationals? I'm not quite sure because there are a lot of good girls this yes. year, like a lot. I think she's fringe, but we know that cross country is about competing on the day. Right. So can she finish in the top five at a race? Yes. Is she going to be like kind of planted in there before the race, you know, on paper? Maybe not. But I do think she can finish there on the day because she's that good. Um, my other, only other thought here is Isabella Laureata, Colorado. The one thing, mm -hmm. the one knock on Colorado athletes is I don't think they necessarily get, um, you know, they don't face the best competition up until a certain point. And that kind of um, also is on Ritz and Hine. But, you know, that, that being said, you know, they're, you're that good. You can see it. Um, you don't need to debate that. So um, I think they're clearly clearly on another, another level. All right. Uh, next one before we get to National Meet <laughs> of the Week is uh, <laughs> something fun we're going to put together now, October 3rd, before National Championship season, which begins December 2nd. I think Nike Cross Nationals is in Oregon. Running Lane yes. is in Huntsville. Foot Locker, I think, December 9th uh, in, in San Diego, uh, which we always look forward to going to these events. Mm -hmm. We've never done this before, though. Um, taking a nod from our, our guy, Gordon Mack, from uh, FlowTrack, we're going to do a prediction contest here. Um, we got our envelopes. Yes. Oh, yes. Mine's right here. Yeah, you're, already, you're ready to go. I'm ready. Um, Mine's pre-filled. I just have to put the names down. <laughs> so, Wait, did you write yours down? Already? I did not write anything down oh, yet. Oh, okay. See, I don't so, want very organized here. Every race that's happening in December, Nike Cross Nationals, Running Lane XC Championships, Foot Locker Nationals, we are going to pick one athlete in the boys and girls races, and we are going to determine who we think will win. So we're doing a future bet on winners of these teams. <laughs> now, we went really far on this because we uh, created some odds of our best athletes here. 
you got to think who's who's most likely to win a national title. Do you have any early thoughts before we write our our our, our picks down? Have any any thoughts? I don't know if I. <laughs> what are your thoughts on on the odds? How about that? On the that? odds? Okay, wait. Yeah. I need to look more. So Daniel okay. Simmons, Ellie Shea, Jane Hedengren, the only three athletes here that we gave odds pretty much to win one race. Um, so they're getting odds basically for every you know amount you put on them, mm-hmm. you're going to get basically less back. You, you got to bet more essentially to get get um, you know your money back essentially because they are favored to win. Yeah. But from that. Uh, we got some athletes that, you know, have have higher odds or less yes. odds to win, including the likes of Alyssa Sorrell, Ali Sealand, JoJo Jordan, Patrick Kuhn. But we love these. A- we, we, we love, love all them. of it. We love them. Yes. So I don't know. Let, let's get to it. Let's get to. It. Let's write down our picks. <laughs> let's write down our picks and see. All right. I feel like I gotta turn my computer this way so you don't. And the and the thing. All right. I'm actually gonna. Put some stake on this. Uh, we don't condone gambling, so this is just a fun game. Uh, but for the winner of the Milespit group, I am going to give them a small trophy and, and a $25 Panera gift card. Yay! So, <laughs> winner here gets that. So our intern, uh, Therese, already put down her picks. Max from Kansas, surely he probably bet Kansas athletes there. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, she had an inside scoop potentially, so you know, playing the books there. Joe Battaglia, uh, also his picks down. So um, Olivia and I are now going to write our picks. And I overheard you today canoodling a little bit <laughs> with with others, so I don't know how I feel about that, but. No names have been spoken. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. No names were mentioned. So we're going to seal these up after we make picks. We're not going to open them until every race has run in December, and we'll see who wins at that point. Now, if you pick an athlete that has lower odds, you'll get more points. A lot of these are guesses at this point because we don't know anybody who's going Nobody has qualified. Yes, so this is a very early prediction. Yeah, but I'm pretty confident. I'll I'm get, confident in mine. I think I'm going to get about six right, so. You say six? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, oh, I was like, that's all of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's becoming official for me. Mm. All right. I'm going to do. Ooh, Here we go. This one's. My ballot has been made. All right, I got one more pick to make. What do you think was the most challenging one of all three? Did you have a challenge, like, kind of picking? Well, yeah, but I think Foot Locker is kind of tough because sometimes it's the last race of them all, and, you know, athletes have worn down a little bit, so it's kind of tough to be at your peak for Foot Locker because you've you've raced so much, and the course um, is not easy, so... Um, it's kind of tough to pick Foot Locker, but I feel like in, in terms of NXN, um, ooh, I know, I know who I'm going for <laughs> NXN. So you said ooh. Yeah, I'm going to. Did an athlete come into mind that you're like, oh, I forgot? No, but I think people are sleeping on her a lot at this point based on other factors, so that's why I'm picking her. And I, you know, shout out to her legendary ability so i'll just say <laughs> that NX, i feel like i have a gut okay feeling but i don't want to say it well 
We can't talk about we it. We can't. You got to I don't want to know. You got to you got to zip it. We can't we I'm can't not talk about anything. it. When are we opening these? December 10th. Maybe on the show actually our next show after so the Locker. 11th. 11th. All right, the picks are in. All right. Picks got, are in. We got all of them. All of them are in. All right, we will see how that goes, but that is our first future bet prediction contest on Miles Split. Um, let us know what you think. What are your picks that you want to go with for NXN, Foot Locker, and Garmin? All right, last segment here is the National Media Week, which is the Clovis Invitational at Woodward Park, California. It is a precursor to the state championships, which go down in November. Top teams in California, top athletes. It's a really, it's a great race that is going to show a lot um, heading into the final half of the season in California. Olivia, what are your top girls' entries here? Goodness gracious, I'm really excited for the girls. And the reason being is a lot of these athletes face each other at Woodbridge, obviously back in September. So I feel like there are going to be some rematches, some revenges will be handed out. And the wild thing about this is all of these ladies are ranked in the top 10 in the state in the three mile. And out of the 10, eight of them are present, which is super spectacular. So just know you're going to have a really fast race, maybe tactical as well, because we're all going for the win. One of the athletes I want to dive into more is Hannah Thompson from Montgomery High School. She's the defending champion at this event. She went 17.04. This year, she finished fifth at Woodbridge. Um, this year with the 15.48 for three miles. And so I feel like she just really pushed herself a little bit more. And I know this was one of the athletes that we were really excited to see, especially during the preseason time, to just see how she was going to do with an extra year of knowledge, some experience. So this is going to be a great indicator of what Hannah Thompson is really capable of doing. Another athlete is Gianna Lapizzo from La Costa Canyon. She was the runner-up last year and she was 10th at Woodbridge. Another athlete that we've seen over the last couple of years, Kara Daly of La Jolla. She was 9th in 2022. She was 8th at Woodbridge. But what really caught my attention was Sadie Englehart of Ventura. The reason being is the last time that she competed at Clovis was back in 2021 where she went 1702 and finished second. So this is the first time that she's been here in some time. But she's going to get some great competition. She was third at Woodbridge. She's number one in the state right now in the three miles. So I feel like this is going to be a great opportunity for Sadie to line up against a lot of really talented individuals as well. Two other athletes I want to highlight is Riley Blade. She is someone that I'm watching out for because she's just been kind of sneaky good almost she's the second fastest three miler in this whole entire season from the state of california and then on top of that other athletes to mention is ashlyn uh booth by peyton godsey is going to be in this mix and mia Turkolalis. so i know i mentioned a lot of names the only two names that are missing from the top of the rankings is olivia williams and holly barker so I say that to say, like, this is going to be a really great race. It's going to give us some great matchups. And these girls from California, I, I know, are going to get after it. Yeah. And you don't you don't get them necessarily all well, racing themselves yes. at the state championships yeah, because yeah. there's five divisions. Right, so exactly. This is kind of an all-hands-on deck. deck approach yes. for, for Clovis, which we love. Mm -hmm. Boys' side, same story. A lot of ranked athletes, uh, some, the best athletes in California going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the championship race. Got to look at Evan Noonan, number four in the mile split for number four in the mile split 50 rankings after his win at Woodbridge and second to Bob Furman. Anthony Fasthorth, number eight on the mile split 50 rankings out of Ventura, leading that program into the national rankings on the team side as well. And then everybody else, uh, I think you definitely have to mention here is Emmanuel Perez from Cathedral, one of the best guys in California, D4 champion last year. 
had a really good season. I think he's just ready to kind of um, make his big breakthrough at a really big race. I think Perez has got to watch. Jason Parra, Milliken coming off, kind of so-so outing at Woodbridge. I think he's got uh, some something still to prove. Landon Fretry of Menlo, Bro and Holman of Sonora, Deb, Dave Doshi of Newberry Park, all guys are top contenders in their divisions at the state level. So what will they do against one another? How will they run this race? How, when, when will the moves be made? I, I think in a high school race, you tend to think that the best move is the final move. Mm-hmm. But you know, throughout the race, I think you, you know, there will be surges, there will be gaps. And, and it's just going to be a fun race altogether. So looking forward to that entirely here. Um, a couple of historical things about Woodbridge on the boys' side. Um, breaking 15 is an impossible total of 35 boys have done it over history, including nine since 2019. So I think breaking 15 is definitely a possibility here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast Horse, Perez, Noonan are the ones to watch here. Let's go to the team matchups on the girls' side. What's the biggest matchup in your eyes? This is going to be spicy. Real spicy. Bay Sarah at Catholic versus Buchanan. Number three and number four on the Mile Split 50 rankings. Take away Mile Split 50 rankings from this. Like, these are top top teams Mm -hmm. in the nation, and we're going to see them battle it out. Jay Sarah looks very, very strong, without a doubt, and they're U.S. number two so far this season just based on their three-mile team average Mm -hmm. of 17 flat, and they were able to win the cool breeze uh, with a 17.53 average. So the fact that they faced national competition at Woodbridge and just did super well there is amazing. However, don't count out Buchanan. I know there was one segment where we were talking about like which team is better in the state right now, and I was yeah. like, wait till Buchanan. Now we're going to be able to say which team is somewhat the best because they're going to be facing each other. And they're, you know, just looking as a whole, they're number four on the three-mile averages with a 17.06, which is what they debuted at the Woodbridge meet so again really fast course but it's gonna be exciting to see these teams go after it also on the mile split 50 coming in at spot number 20 is santiago corona and they're gonna be in that mix as well and of course there's other well-named teams um that we can see really elevate themselves are also going to be in this mix as well but i'm really excited for buchanan to kind of just like face all these teams right now if you're jay sarah you're now at the perch a little bit you're above your your rival that you have wanted to beat and uh, now you're racing from a different vantage point where before you're chasing this team that you want yeah. to be better you now want to you want to best yeah and now they are chasing you yeah which is sort of a different feeling how do you feel like that impacts the mentality going in how do you as a co- if you're a coach looking at jay sarah saying oh just don't, don't panic. Relax. We're good. Like, <laughs> I feel like up until this point, Jay Sarah has done everything that they needed to, right? Like, you're chasing after that goal of being the number one team in the state, taking mm-hmm. down Buchanan. Now it's the opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. this is what you've been training for. You're training to be the best of the best. Now you have this competition. Live up to it, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think Jay Sarah is probably, I hope they're not panicking at all. Because yeah. th- this is a great opportunity for them to really showcase this and is, put it all together. This is their only opportunity to race Buchanan, though, before the state titles because it's D4 versus D1. Yeah. You know, unless they both get to NXN, which is a high possibility. They both did it last year. Yeah. You're not racing them again. So right. this is this, this is, is the it. chance. This is the chance this to, is to race them. Yeah. And to, to make that big, big statement, we were ranked at three for a reason because we beat this team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a big moment in their program history. Uh, there is some kind of pressure to that, but right. you just have to relax. You just got to run yes. your race. You got to run. 
how you're you're told to, what the strategy is with attacking the course, and just execute. Exactly. It's easier said than done. Could it have said it better? Like you said. Easier you said. said. But that's the mentality, right? Like, yeah. I think that's super important to know that you have proven up until this point that you were a strong team contender. Now you just got to do it on the day. Yeah. Just do what you've been doing. Don't yeah. change anything. Yeah. Do what you're doing, and everything will just come out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. That's yes. definitely probably the top team matchup overall, uh, hands down. Yeah. How about for you on the on the boys side? Boys side, we got a lot of good teams. Arnold Beckman is kind of a surprise candidate this year. They're number twenty-eight on the miles with fifty. Dana Hills. Great Oak, Ventura, uh, San Clemente. Great Oak, number seven in the rankings. And they have not necessarily surprised people, but in in some ways remaining among the best teams in the country, um, you know, after a couple of years after Doug Souls left is, is a statement. We don't have to keep harping on the fact that he's no longer with Great Oak and now they're a different team. But I think, as we said in previous shows, this is a culture thing. Great Oak's culture has been um, running as a priority. Um, success is a priority. So they're just, I think it's just validation that they, that's why they're here because that is their identity. Um, and so Great Oak is the team that definitely comes in as the favorite. Ventura is ranked. They are the up and comer with Anthony Fasthorse and company. If Ventura beats Great Oak, I think that's a huge moment for them as well because yeah. the boys have been rising um, have. for the last couple of years. and. You know, this is their chance to sort of make that statement on the same level as as uh, Jay Sarah. So Ventura and Jay Sarah both are in the same position, looking to make big statements. Yes. At Clovis. So ultimately, what we're yeah. trying to say is this is going to be a great meet. Yes. One hundred. <laughs> on both aspects, it's not 100%. like individuals, boys, boys and girls, yep. fantastic teams, boys and girls, yep. fantastic. So. Yeah. Just stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for coverage on Miles, but we'll have that for you. And we'll be back next week with another show on the line. Um, thank you for watching. We have our picks in, Olivia. We have, we have our in. picks. Wait, where's yours? Right there. All right. We're going to hold them up. Got to hold them up. Woo, we got them in. I'm excited. All right, stay tuned for more shows. We will talk to you later. Thank you.